0: Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So today's episode is episode number 42, which is a little trippy to think about. Um... I knew I would end up creating hundreds of episodes and all of that. And we'll obviously get there um, as time goes on. But as the numbers keep racking up, I get a little more excited every single time. So with that being said, today we are going to talk about learning how to say no. So saying no is something that I know in the spiritual world and the woke world. And now in the uh, I guess you could call it corporate non-woke world it's something that most people don't they either they, they do it bad let's let's not sugarcoat shit they do it bad so they either preach say no and blah 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 and you know be empowered or saying no is bad and what's wrong with you and it's your ego kicking in and all these things and I think that when people look at saying no they're they're looking at it from a very skewed perspective. Perspective—they're <laughs> either looking at it at a all-or-nothing mentality. When I don't look at saying no as an all-or-nothing mentality, I look at saying no as a way to either pivot, which I talked for I think like thirty-something minutes, if not more, about pivots and donuts in last week's episode. But I look at saying no as either a way to pivot or maybe a way to um, change the way things are being done. Um, I guess no matter what, I look at saying no is not a bad thing. To me, saying no is just a way to say that, hey, I don't agree with x, I think we should do something different. And it's such a interesting time, because right now, there has been so much fighting, whether it's on social media, or at like family dinner tables, and disagreeing with someone is a very slippery slope. But again, I like it saying no is not from a place of negativity or uh, anger or anything like that. For me, it's almost like a little pause to be like, Hey, hmm, I don't think that that's the best way that we can do this. Let's look at something different. So With that being said, I've got seven journal prompts for you guys and gals today. I think this might be the most amount of journal prompts I've ever written on an episode ever. And I've got the three different examples. I've got one that's going to go into work. I've got one that helps you with family. And I've got one in regards to self-care so that we can go over this whole saying no topic from top to bottom. And hopefully this can help you bring a little more peace and clarity and look at saying no with a different perspective in a different light. So with that being said, let's get started. So saying no at work. Now, again, this one might be a little controversial, but you know me, I love to talk about everything controversial and just be honest. So coming at the whole saying no at work, depending on what type of position you're in, I don't care if you're the owner, I don't care if you're literally the lowest schleppel in the entire building, everyone has the right to say no at some point on some things. Now, there are gonna be times where you really shouldn't say no because you're, asked, you're being asked to do your job and you're getting pushed back because you're either not doing your job, you're not performing, you're being lazy. But I don't think that pretty much anyone in my crowd is part of that camp. So let's pretend none of you are those people. Let's say you are either working with a coworker Actually, you know what? Let's run with that one. You, let's say you're working with a coworker and they keep asking for either your help or you to look something over or for you to do X, Y, and Z for them. It doesn't matter the reasoning why. And it can be literally anything. It doesn't matter what even type of company you work for. But basically, you've got a coworker where you're plotting along. do do, 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 do You're doing your job and you constantly are getting interrupted from a coworker that is, again, more than capable or yes, more than capable. Um, and they keep interrupting you over and over and over again. And the thing is, you kind of don't realize it. it a lot of saying no is um, this whole theory, depending on where you are in the world, you might have heard this uh, theory um, Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. This is the theory of you are a frog and you're in a pot of water and then the heat, and this is so sad, but like the heat is slowly getting cranked up and over time you actually get boiled alive. Again, cue the sadness, but you don't realize it because the water keeps cranking up slowly by slowly by slowly and you just constantly kind of adjust to uh, an even shittier situation to the point of you basically die. So that sometimes, like a work environment, a lot of people, and I know a lot of people right now, they're totally quitting their jobs, changing industries, relying on savings, starting businesses, all of these different things. And I think a lot of it is that people either felt that they had no option to say no, or they never learned how to say no at their job. And so this job that maybe wasn't the most fun or the best job or the most, um, I don't know, so fulfilling job. Maybe it went from, meh, it's a job, whatevs, right? To, oh my God, I can't take this shit anymore, fuck this place, I'm out, Mike, you know, drop my mic, right? And a lot of it comes from whether it's a boss or it's a coworker, and they keep asking you for dumb shit. And in the beginning, just like every single other human, in the beginning, you're like, okay, well, that's a weird question, but whatevs, right? I don't mind being interrupted for X so I can help on my coworker and you're like, da, 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 not that big of a deal. Well, over time, the interruptions become more and more and more. And I go back to it's the interruptions that you know that they could do this shit on their own. They're just so used to interrupting you that you're like, wow, this is fucking retarded. Why can't they figure out x on their own? Why can't they figure out how to format that email? I've shown them 15 times. You know, why can't they go ahead and figure out how to call this customer? I've shown them 10 times. Why can't they figure out how to do X, Y and Z? Is my work not important enough that they feel they can constantly interrupt me? And again, I go back to in the whole saying no at work, there's a difference between the occasional being asked for help or the occasional asked to do something that's technically not on your plate to the it's expected of you. and just like that frog scenario it's a very slippery slope so if you are at work and again it doesn't matter if you're a manager if you are a co-worker if you're the freaking owner if you're the schleppel at the very bottom of the totem pole none of it matters if you are person x and you are being constantly asked to stop and help someone for shit that they can do on their own part of me wants to be brash and brazen and feisty and be like go ahead and tell them bitch you got hands (laughs) and I will say that there is a time and place when you should use the bitch you got hands and you should totally quote me um sometimes bitch you got hands can come across as being funny and cute other times you need to use it because you need to explain how serious you are of like bitch you got hands why are you asking me to do this and if bitch you got hands is not the appropriate response for telling someone no then go ahead and pivot and give them a solution part of it is because or the main reason why is because they have now associated in their brain oh if i get stuck if i get you know in in whatever capacity if i get stuck doing x johnny over here in the corner can always help me let me just ask johnny so what happens in they, is they build this muscle in their brain over and over and over again. Of Oh, let me ask Johnny, let me ask Johnny, let me ask Johnny, let me ask Johnny. So it goes from this occasional once, two or three times to a constant all the time. And part of me wants to be like super soulful and spiritual and all of that and talk about like, Oh, well, you know, they just have a learned habit. The other part of it, the darker side of it is they start relying on you because they're getting lazy. And I know that we're not supposed to say that lazy or that people can be lazy and we're supposed to love everyone and all of this crap. But, like, at the end of the day, the past couple of months, working has been extremely hard. Not because of the amount of customers we're trying to take care of, not because of the supply chain and not being able to get parts or to be able to do this or being able to do that. Working for a ton of people, I'm talking not only just myself, but my friends, my co-workers, my families, um, people in other countries like that. I talk to working has become so difficult because we are so over carrying other people's weight. And this is where sometimes the whole scenario of bitch, you got hands comes into play. If you have been constantly carrying someone else's weight, you know, maybe you can try and say it in a better like tone, but you need to push back a little and see what happens. Um, see if they take it as a joke. See if they recognize that, oh, I'm asking too much. I've stepped a line. I stepped over a line. See that you're actually frustrated. Go ahead and share some human emotions. There's a difference between like bitch. You got hands. Ha ha. Why haven't you figured this out on your own versus you know, you completely have a emotional breakdown and you're like, you're a piece of crap. I can't believe you can't do this without me. How do you even brush your teeth in the morning? Blah, 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 blah. Like there's a difference between being haha funny, but kind of snarky and elbowing them in the side and like being evil. I'm not in any capacity, I will never promote being evil. I'm always a fan of snarky, but not evil because evil means you're trying to hurt the person versus snarky. You're trying to make them aware that they've crossed the line without actually calling them out. So again, if the whole bitch you got hands line will not work in this scenario, which this your top probably be a drinking game, the amount of times I'm going to say it. um, And it could be Kambuka. Don't knock me and think it's always alcohol. But if that phrase does not apply, go ahead and pivot and give an alternative. So instead of saying, yes, I'll stop and help you, and it's something that you can totally do on your own, You're going to be like, okay, I'll go ahead and help you. But do me a favor. Why don't we go ahead and write this down? So if you have a question, you can reference your notes next time. And if that doesn't apply, why don't you go ahead and give another solution? Like, oh, well, I always find that answer in this resource. If you can't find it, let me know. Or, hey, I know that you need me to look at something, but it's really not something I'm supposed to be working on right now. Why don't you go see X, Y and Z person and they can totally help you out? There's ways to gently, nicely pivot the conversation or pivot the resource without you actually being the resource. So saying no at work is not a bad thing. I think it's a very healthy thing. And I I truly do believe at the bottom of my heart that if more people said no and had clearer boundaries, and maybe that even needs to be an episode, but like had clearer boundaries as in regards to what's okay and what's not okay, and didn't take on the burden of other people's jobs that were truly actually being lazy not that they had a tough time or they had a bad day but like legit being lazy i think if all of us were able to be a lot more honest then this whole chaos of the whole great recession that's going on in america and you know the hard time of finding workers at least in america wouldn't be as overblown as it currently is. I think I go back to it, I think a lot of people are just so overworking with people that are lazy and don't want to pull their weight. And part of it too is if you recognize and I will be very frank on this one. If you work at a job and you are no, lang- no longer able to either do the job or you truly hate that job so much that you don't want to do it anymore, leave. Don't be a dick, don't stay, don't be like, well, I need the paycheck. If you need the paycheck that bad, show up with integrity, show up with kindness, show up with the fact that you have to, you should, not have to, you should be fucking grateful that you can pay your bills, you can pay your electricity bill, you can buy groceries. There's so many people out there, regardless of what country you live in, that are struggling or are suffering, or would kill for an opportunity that a lot of people have, and they take it for granted, and that shit just like totally pisses me off. If you really hate your job that bad, or you really think you're that bad of a fit, fucking leave. Do everyone a favor and GTFO so that the person that actually wants a job can go ahead and fill it. The person that wants to work hard can fulfill it. The person that is willing to step up to the plate and learn and be vulnerable and is, you know, one of my favorite phrases, willing to see things differently and willing to grow can take that job. I don't think that we should be in a job that we hate. Now, there's always going to be a time in our in our life that, or maybe I shouldn't say always, majority of the time there's a part of our life that we work at a job that we're like, meh, this is just a job. And even, so like I'll go back, when I was in high school and I worked at Burger King, I clearly knew that this was just a job. I needed to pay my car insurance, my cell phone bill, my car payment, and I wanted to have um, money to put in savings. And then I wanted to have money left over because I had, you know, this is before the Kindle days. So I had like a pretty healthy book habit and like I had bookcases full of books top to top to bottom. Right. So I knew that Burger King was just a job, but I never showed up at that job with a shitty attitude. And I didn't pull my weight. So it doesn't matter if you're working at just a quote unquote job. And yes, I'm using air quotes. If you do. You have to also think more of just the job and think past that and think about the fact that everything you do reflects on your reputation, how you talk, how you interact with people, how you handle stress, how you come back from stress, how you, however you handle feedback from people, positive or negative, all of that reflects on you and your personality. And I have this running joke, just like I have a million running jokes in my life, that the more pissed off I am. It's it's always ironic. The more pissed off I am, the more proper and precise and very articulate I am with my words. And the more relaxed I am, the more slang I use, the more funny words I use, the more curse words slip out. So, you know, it, it's one of those things you have to kind of look at your own tells to see, when you're at that job, okay, what's going on with me? Am I, am I becoming a bitter person? Am I becoming an angry person? And if so, is it because I'm not pushing back on that coworker that's not pulling their weight? Is it because I'm not pushing back on that boss that is calling me late at night and is kind of interrupting my family time and my winding down time for non-critical shit? Is it because my employee that's working for me is not pulling their weight and I'm sick and tired of cleaning up after them? you know, the, the reasoning of why you might be becoming a better person, you need to look at the why behind it. Hopefully that like 10 minute rant on work and saying no, gives you a, diff- a couple of different ideas on how to gently push back or full on blast push back. And that way you can go back to doing what you're there to do. So all of us are hired at our jobs to do a certain thing, regardless of what that thing is. My job is to sell and oversee a bunch of sales. I'm supposed to make sure I have a ton of inventory in stock, I can be diverse in my knowledge and help my customers and I can sell the shit out of all my shit, right? That is my job. And if I'm constantly helping other people, and I'm over helping or I'm becoming a crutch for them, I'm not there doing my job. And then again, I would become bitter. And none of us wants to be that bitter person. No one wants to be known as an angry bitch in the office to be like, oh, avoid that person because they're so angry. So don't be angry. Just say no or pivot a resource or gently, you know, nudge them in a different direction or just flat out say, bitch, you got hands. I I give you full on permission. The second example I want to dive into is saying no to family. Now that one is if we think that saying no at work is hard, saying no to family can be super hard and scary and a lot of it can be scary because we are raised majority of the people are raised that saying no to family is not an option saying, you know, not accommodating our family in all capacities is not an option. And then you've got the people that because they again, they can't take it anymore. They reach their boiling point. They cut the family off period or they cut a family member off period. Instead of saying, hey, you have crossed the boundary. You have crossed the line. I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. I don't feel comfortable doing that anymore. I would love to have you involved in my life. But if you only want to use me, then clearly you're not trying to love me for who I am because I'm more than just a tool to be used. When it comes to saying no to family, Let's say that they want to come over all the time, and when they do come over, they are very demanding. They want things a certain way, they want this a certain way, they want that a certain way. So the family version of Bitch You Got Hands would be, well, in our household, we do X, or, and well, in our household, we prefer Y. Now, it's kind of, again, a little nudge in the the gut to be like, hey, uh, this is crossing a line. This is how we do it in our household. You are clearly a guest in my home. I don't care who you are, but you're a guest in my home. Be respectful. If it is not a family, it's not that a family member is necessarily overstepping, but maybe they're overstepping in like an overwelcome stage, but maybe they're overstepping in like the constantly give you stuff stage. You can go ahead and say, I appreciate you thinking of me, but Aunt Betty, I I don't need any more blankets. I don't need any more quilts. Why, again, here's the pivot. Why don't you give all those quilts to the local shelter? Last time I was over at the vet, the vet was saying that, you know, they donated a bunch of t-shirts and quilts and towels to their shelter because their shelter was understaffed. Now, The family member that's always trying to give you stuff is just because that they love you and they don't recognize that you don't want their stuff even though they know that like you love them. So I wouldn't be super harsh on those people. Um, And then sometimes you you need to pull like a Marie Kondo and you need to take the gift. Say thank you, have them walk out of the house, thank the gift, and then donate the gift. You know, but if you can, either pivot to a resource or pivot to an agency or pivot to a tool or pivot to something that where their over enthusiasm on X, Y, and Z gift item can go instead, that it would actually be appreciated. So, say. You know, someone always likes to buy you clothes. Well, maybe instead of having them buy you clothes, you can be like, well, you know, I know you love to buy me clothes, but I would really rather have X instead. I'd rather, I don't know. I mean, I literally can never have enough piggies for the dogs just because they, Holly and Demon love to eat the little squeaky pigs and I'm hoping that Holly doesn't go for a squeaky pig right now as I'm recording. But like, instead of asking for clothes or something like that, I can be like, hey, why don't you buy some different snacks for my dogs? Buy a different snack for Kinko's, my cat. Why don't you buy different milk bones or treats for my babies? I would really love that. Instead, again, it's the pivot. It's not saying, it's saying no without being super harsh and being like, bitch, I don't want your shit, (laughs) again. There's no need to be harsh. There's just a need to create a clear boundary as to, well, I don't want this, but what about this instead? It's always about giving options or giving the pivot. So the third one, I kind of want to dig into a little bit more. It, It feeds into family. That's why I didn't have this big long 10 minute rant on family, but saying no to lack of self care. Another thing that I think, especially if you're listening to this episode in real time, we're still not out of all of the pandemics. We're still not out of dealing with COVID. And I can totally relate to just always feeling exhausted, exhausted in the sense of Oh my god, this day feels like a groundhog day. Oh my god, I'm exhausted in the sense of I feel like I don't have any space. Oh my god, in the sense of I- I'm tired of dealing with people and having them always expect things because the world has changed. So A really good example is I had a customer at work today that I always want to tell people and I've never actually done this. I've thought it really hard at them, but I've never said this. What I sell at work is a luxury item and I mean it as a luxury item because my definition of a non-luxury item or a non-luxury item is something that you need to like legitimately live water electricity, a roof over your head, preferably a car. You know clothing to put on your body stuff like that right legit shit to live versus again working in the power sports industry what i sell is a luxury item no one is going to die because they didn't have their side by side no one is going to die because they didn't have an oil filter an air filter or a spark plug or i don't know i'm making it up an axle right whatever it doesn't matter the part no one's going to die like legitimately die and not be able to eat because they didn't have that stuff. But yet on a almost daily basis, I deal with people that just give me the most worst attitude ever. And like, I've had everything from people curse me out to have people throw parts at me. And then, because I can't be like, well, bitch, you got hands because it's not my dealership. I just do this like blinky face at them of like, You just really went there. I'm going to blink like 15 times so I don't curse you out. Okay. Blink, 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 blink. Let me not curse them out and say, okay, well, what would you like me to do instead? Because here are the options and there are no other solutions other than that. So I had this guy that wanted an air filter and an oil filter and we ordered it. And mind you, we're training new staff at the dealership and things are behind and like legitimately, we're probably 60 boxes behind in parts. And mind you, all these boxes have multiple parts in them. So we're hundreds of parts behind, which will get caught up. It's not a big deal. Life moves on, right? And guy came in because we should have received all his parts yesterday. Well, we didn't get to the boxes. You clearly, he like, The boxes were so clear and obvious, you had to walk past all 60-something freaking boxes to get to the counter. But no, the guy gave a pissed-off attitude of, well, you said it was going to be in. And I said, it probably is in. I physically have not had the time, nor has X person had the time, to stop what we're doing to receive all the boxes. You can see them behind you. We just have to get through them. Bear with us, please and thank you. I appreciate it. Next day, he came and he did the same thing. And I'm thinking... You know, that's just a rude, like no one used to be a rude dick asshole about something because again, these are parts that you're using that you're not going to die. And the other part of it too is you have to adapt to your new reality. So the new reality is that we are all in pre mid ish, whatever COVID world, and that things have changed. You cannot just get a part within a day. All the time. You can have stuff that's on back order. You can go ahead and say, hey, no, we can't take your unit in, or we can't do this, or I can't sell you a new unit because of X, Y, and Z reasons. So the self care thing, I promise this is not all about work, but like the self care thing is knowing when to stand up for yourself and say no. And so what I told that customer is, well, clearly you can see that we didn't get through all those boxes. If you're willing to wait the 10 minutes, I can you know, stop between phone calls, I can rifle through the boxes and I can give you your parts. Are you okay with that? And he grumbled and he's like, okay, fine. And so he waited and I was able to rifle through the boxes, find his parts and hand him his parts. Did he say thank you? No, because again, he's a dick, you know, but that's, that's beside the point. Standing up for yourself is your job. Only you are going to know what is your breaking point, your thresholds, your I'm getting pissed off point or whatever your your own personal boundaries are. No one else is going to know. And everyone is going to have a different version of a breaking point. And it's your job to stand up for yourself and say, Hey, I'm starting to reach that breaking point. So again, enter the pivot. So that guy was truly pissing me off because again, it's an air filter and an oil filter and you're not going to die and it's aftermarket parts. And again, you're not going to die. It's for a, a machine that is 18 years old. So clearly it was not a priority in the last 18 years to take care of this machine, but what else, right? I still wanted the money and I wanted the sale. So my pivot was instead of saying you're being a douche, clearly you can see where we're behind non parts. Why are you yelling at me? My pivot was well, if you don't mind hanging out 15 minutes, I will happily rifle through the boxes to try and find your stuff. I was able to take care of myself and get myself out of a situation that was aggravating me go ahead and pivot find a solution that worked for him find a solution that worked for me so now I don't have to worry about this guy coming back at least for the next day or two looking for those same parts. So another variation of taking care of yourself. um, And this is something I've been doing a lot. When we lived in another part of Florida. I lived in a very amazing but amazing house but with a super small backyard now mind you the backyard we had was like one of the bigger ones in the neighborhood but it is nothing compared to the backyard and the front yard and the side yard that we have now living on just shy of nine acres has been a epic dream that has been in the making for years and I every single day I'm super freaking grateful to go ahead and do that and there got to be a point where even though Even though we live on this amazing property and we have a house that we love and we have all these trees and have all this nature and we even installed this really cool little fence in a section so that every time I walked through it I I got this little giggle inside that I felt like I was walking through my own personal state park Uh, aside all the amazing things that were going on I still wasn't appreciating it so I was like okay well let's change this up instead of saying no maggie you never have time to go outside or no maggie you can't hang out outside because you know after hours you have a bajillion mosquitoes come out because again this is florida or it gets dark out or this or that or you get interrupted whatever the scenario is there's a reason why people have always recommended doing either like your journaling or your meditation or your exercise in the morning I just happen to do all three while I'm walking in the back pasture with my babies. So I get to do probably four actual things that I love. All I had to do was pivot and change my schedule. So instead of saying no, Maggie never has time for self care, Maggie never has time to go into her backyard that she loves. And that you know, obviously you pay like a legit mortgage on no Maggie never has time to take brand new photos of her babies and do this and do that and do all these things that she loves. I said, screw that, I'm going to change my schedule, I'm going to change my alarm in the morning, I'm going to get up at this time, it gives me 30 to sometimes if I get up a little earlier, 45 minutes of uninterrupted time with my babies out in nature, which is the thing that I love the most to do, and I can go ahead and take care of myself and put myself, quote unquote, first as a priority. And that way I can start my day off better so that I don't go into work and say, bitch, you got hands. Or I don't go into work and say, like, why do you need this oil filter so bad? It's not going to cure cancer. A self-care thing is you have to recognize when you're at a breaking point and especially working retail during the pandemic and never once have been closed the entire time of the pandemic, it has been so incredibly stressful having everyone and their brother always want something for you and then be surprised that they can't get it right then and there. And then, like, I've had some of this venting might be like, oh, but yeah, like everyone knows we're in a pandemic. Uh, No, that's not the case, because I've literally told people, well, COVID is still going on, the supply chain is still interrupted, so that's why your part is on back order. And I've had people tell me COVID isn't real, COVID doesn't exist, COVID is over and the supply chain's back to normal, why are you lying to me? And I'm like, well, legit, I'm not lying to you. Why would I, I wanna give you your parts? What benefit do I have of holding your stuff? So because all of this was getting to me, I was starting to become that bitter person. I was starting to become frustrated. I was starting to become angry. I was starting to take it out on people that I loved and cared to the most. And I was starting to be very, very short with everyone, especially the people that I love the most. I was like, okay, I'm not going to say no to self-care anymore. I'm going to, quote unquote, stand up for myself. And I'm going to say, okay, every day or at least five times a week, I am going to do something that is purely for me and that's a bonus and perk for my babies, and I love it, and I get some joy out of it, and then I can go into my day starting off strong. Now, mind you, there has been times where I'm walking in the back pasture, and the fog is like legitimately so thick, I'm like, oh my God, this is like a slasher movie waiting to happen. Or I've had to walk through mosquitoes and I'm hosing myself down with bug spray. I'm hosing the dogs down with bug spray. Or there has been times where I'm walking and it's partial moonlight because I got up early enough. And for some reason that day, the the moon was just shining instead of the sun. But what I ended up doing is I said, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to do something that is so impactful to me and i'm going to spend time in my nature with my babies and i've always said like so whenever we say it in in our household it's we're spending time in nature i don't know why we drag out the word nature but it's a thing so i get to spend time in nature i get to spend time with my babies i have probably like no joke at least 10 more pictures or mini videos of my babies every single day. And I can archive them and I can organize them because I've created time to take care of myself. I've created time to do something that's important to me. When I released the course of Archiving Love, like I went through and probably this year in comparison to a bunch of other years, I've had more videos, I've had more really amazing photos. I've had more cute moments that never in a million years would have been captured had I not stood up for myself. And even part of it too, like saying no to the, you know, to not taking care of yourself. It could be sleep. It's really hard sometimes, and Ben's really good at checking me on this. I get so excited. I'm working on the podcast. I'm cleaning up show notes. I'm working with my VA. We're getting stuff on YouTube. We're doing this. We're doing that. And I blink, and it's like midnight. And Ben's like, Bruh, you need to go to sleep. You're going to be a zombie in the morning. So, little things of where you know that it just starts to feed into this is the person I don't want to become. It's a matter of I look at it as standing up for myself, but I look at it as also standing up to myself. So it's very easy for me to get very focused and want to do this and kind of zone out and not realize what time's going on. Hence why I've been a lot more conscious in my most current episodes to try and keep everything under 35, 40 minutes. But because I love something so much that I just kind of lose all sense of time that I have to stand up to myself and say, hey, no, Maggie. You can totally do this podcast in like 40 minutes because it is amazing. You can get your ideas out and there's no need to drag it out. Or, hey, Maggie, you really love walking in the back pasture with your babies and you would love to have more videos and archive them of watching your dogs playing in water that is like legitimately knee deep after a rainstorm, which again, those videos are epic or you got really cute videos of them running between the palm trees and playing tag, or just being able to get up and stretch your legs and listen to your podcast in the morning uninterrupted, you need to stand up to yourself and say, no, that is a priority. That is something that I can go ahead and do. That is something I can pivot. And another thing would be sleep. You know, these are basic things that most people would be like, well, that's super easy. Well, if it's super easy, then why don't most of us do it? Why are there people that tell you to get up in the morning and journal like me? Why are there people that dedicate their whole lives to teaching you how to sleep better? Why are there people that dedicate their whole lives to telling, you know, teaching you how to say no? It's not because it's not hard or easy. It's just that we haven't made it a habit of doing it. I have genuinely made it a habit that if someone is overstepping a boundary instead of feeling uncomfortable and just doing it anyway, whether it's at work, whether it's in my family life or whether I'm overstepping my own boundaries, I do a little elbow check and sometimes it's a bitch you got hands. Other times it's a well in our household and then other time it's a no Maggie go to the freaking sleep so you can get up in the morning so you can spend time 40 freaking minutes with your dogs and run around and be a nut job, listen to your podcast, and play tag with them between the trees. It's a matter of no one else is going to do this work but you. No one else should do this work but you. The other side of that equation is when you're doing all of this work, you're doing it because you want to be a better person. So when I am well rested, I'm a much better wife, like just shy of amazing. Um, I'm a better employee. I'm a better, you know, daughter. I'm better mom to my fur babies. I'm better at everything when I have enough sleep, when I've spent time in the pasture with my dogs, when I've done X, Y, and Z, when I've podcasted and gotten something that is literally nagging. I feel like I've got someone talking in my ear to me that's like, talk about this, talk about this. When I get all of that off of my plate and I can express myself in something that brings me joy, I'm so much of a better person. So I have learned to associate that no is not bad. No is not wrong. No is not being rude, evil, or mean, but no is a way for us to go ahead and pivot the conversation or pivot the item or pivot the thought process so that we can both reach a decision, majority of the time, asterisk, that we're happy with. Everyone's happier when Maggie's happy. Everyone's happier at work when I'm a better whatever. You know, you get my point, right? The whole whole point of all of this is you're saying no so that you can grow. And I've listened and I've learned from other people in the past of like, oh, when when things come into my inbox, I say no to 80% of them. And I don't necessarily believe that I have to have some crazy strict rule, but I am very mindful of what I am doing and I'm also very mindful of how my body's reacting if I'm not mindful of what I'm doing. So if I start recognizing my shoulders are pulling up and I'm kind of curling into myself, well, clearly I'm trying to hide from something. Again, what am I trying to hide from? When I start to swallow a lot and this is like little psychological cues that I've learned from TV shows and books and psychologists and therapists over the years. But like when you pull your shoulders in, you kind of tuck in a little bit like a turtle. Then what are you physically trying to hide from? What's making you that uncomfortable that you need to protect, like, your neck and your, like, important bits? You know, if you start to, I don't know, develop rashes in stressful situations, what's the stressful situation? If you start to develop an eye tick or something like that, what is going on that is triggering this? If you are, I was saying it earlier, but if you are swallowing a lot before you say something, well... A psychologist for evs ago told me that you're literally swallowing your own words because you are afraid of saying them because you're afraid of the repercussions. So saying no, it can be scary. It can be a little stressful. But at the same time, if you start to train your brain that saying no means I get to have a better result, I get to have a better yes, I get to become a better person, I get to be a better everything, then eventually you start to take the fear out of saying no. Because you know that, well, the only reason why I'm saying no is so that I can show up better. So I can show up stronger, so I can show up smarter, so I can be more efficient, so I can be more everything. So of course I'm going to say no. If I'm giving, if I'm showing up to something, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be your marriage. It could be being a mom to your humans or your fur babies. It could be uh, being a worker. It could be to your passions or your hobbies. If you're never saying no and you're showing up to something and you're on like 25% energy, You're not going to be the most amazingest person ever. Versus if you say no, and then the next time, day, whatevs, you show up and you're at like 100 plus percent energy and you're bouncing off the walls and you have this infectious glow about you, well, you're like legit magnetic. And who does not want to be around a magnetic person? You know, we love to watch people that are crazy in the sense that they are balls to the walls and they go ahead and do all these things and they have all this passion and it just bleeds out of them even if it's not something that we necessarily like we love to watch people that are filled with passion well the only way you're going to get filled with passion is if you take care of yourself if you say no to the things that don't make sense to you or if you can gently push back and say bitch you got hands With that being said, I'm going to go over the seven journal prompts that I have. If you want to get the journal prompts, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about having to write this down. If you're not in an area to write these down, just click on the show notes. Preferably, yeah, click on the show notes. It's going to be a a thousand times easier than trying to Google everything. And you should be able to have a hyperlink in your show notes. That'll take you directly to the blog. And then you can either grab the uh, journal prompts there or you can save the image. Or if you want and you're in a good spot, you can go ahead and journal them with me and just pause me in between. Let's get started. Journal prompt number one. What areas are you getting bitter about? Pay attention to those and write them all down for me. Journal prompt number two. Where are you doing other people's jobs at work or at home instead of confronting them? And again, confronting can be with love. Write them down. Journal prompt number three. What do you no longer wanna do anymore? And it can be the small stuff, it could be the big stuff, it could be everything in between. Write that down. Journal prompt number four, what are you getting out of by putting yourself on the back burner? Write that one down. Journal prompt number five, is that reason or logic ultimately true? Like, if the reason is, oh, well, I have to put myself on the back burner because no one else can do it. But me is that ultimately true? Or are you just kind of playing into your ego? Journal prompt number six, what do you need to let go of? Sometimes that means we need to let go of the idea that things have to be a certain way. I always used to think, well, oh, I can never exercise at night or I can never spend time in the back pasture with my babies at night because I don't have enough time or I can only do it at night because that's the only time I have time instead of looking at, oh no, just get up a little bit earlier in the morning, walk around and you'll be fine. Journal prompt number seven is, Is being busy a way to stay small and not achieve your big goals? And if it is, why are you doing that? Write that down. Okay, with all of that out of the way, I hope I have given you tons of examples and a reason to have a Kambuka drinking game to bitch you got hands and all the other random catchphrases I did in this episode. I would love to hear why you're saying no, how you're saying no, what you're saying no to. And another thing... I would like to point out is that if you are starting to pay attention to yourself, then you can grow, you can change, you can pivot, you can become who you want to become. All of the work is just like a plant. And I I think I talked about plants in last week's episode a lot, but it's more so even now, um, which is kind of funny because I was looking at a bunch of plants that I thought were duds and I had like seven kiddie pools full of, palm tree seeds, and I thought all of them were duds, and what I hadn't realized and I hadn't paid attention to was all the work that was going on underneath, and then the shoots come up from that. So every time you do the journal prompts, every time you do the exercises, every time you commit to being willing to see things differently, and you do the actual work, then you can be like my little baby palm trees, do all the little work, support the root system, and then burst through and actually create the life that you want.